Brian Kinder is a singer-songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee, also known as Music City, USA, where he writes country tunes infused with soul, rock, and pop vibes. He spends his days bouncing between writing sessions and the recording studio. With so much time and effort dedicated to his musical career, it's amazing that he finds the time for other passions. But a few years ago, Ryan decided to take on a new challenge that would change his life. He started training for an Ironman triathlon. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living. In order to compete in an Ironman competition, you need a ton of motivation and serious skills. Training entails months of grueling workouts, nutrition education, and practicing with various gear. Ryan never really considered entering a competition like this, but that changed when his friend Kyle got sick. Every year, Kyle cycled in a 440-mile bike race called the Tour de Neches Trace. When he got so sick he could no longer race, Ryan vowed that he would take his place and finish it for him. You've competed in several Ironmans, not just little triathlons, Ironmans. How did you get into it? It's not often that we hear of country music stars who are also Ironman athletes. There's only been one other one. Uh, his name's Chuck Wicks, and we got to be friends long before I started doing Ironmans. He's done a bunch of them, but I got into it because one of my friends, Kyle Wagley, he would do this thing called the Tour de Natchez Trace, which is the entirety of the Natchez Trace in four days, and they were raising money for cancer. He was one of the kindest people in the world, and, and he had cancer. Uh, he beat it. And then he did another Tour de Natchez Trace, but didn't know the cancer had come back. But he passed away, and I think it was three months before he passed away, we were talking, and he said, well, obviously I'm not going to be able to do this race. I, I, I can't physically. I said, I'll, I'll do it for you. I'm going to do it for you. You're going to beat this, but I'm going to do it this year for you. Um, he, he passed away, so that, that gave me more um, determination to finish this for him. And his wife did it with me that year. And it, it was an incredible ride, but I was unbelievably unprepared because I, I had three months to get ready. I knew how to ride a bike, but I wasn't really into cycling. Doing 111 miles a day for four days, not knowing anything about technique or nutrition or any of that, it was brutal. Did you at least have padded bike shorts? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, and good. chamois butter and Advil. <laughs> and th there were masseuses out there. There were people taking care of us. It was a fantastic ride. But on that ride, every year they usually roomed with the same people in the hotels they got to at the end of that day's ride. And he had the same roommate every year. And I got, I mean, you have so much time to talk and think. And I, I was riding next to what I didn't know was his roommate. And we got to talking. He started talking about Kyle. I was like, oh, that's why I'm here. Kyle is one of my closest friends. I love him to death. And then I saw what kind of bike he was riding. I was like, that, that's a weird looking bike. What is that? And it was a TT bike or a, a time trial bike. And he started telling me about Ironman and all this stuff. 
and saying that Kyle was thinking about doing Iron Man and that kind of planted the seed in my head and it grew and grew and I decided that I was going to try and do every Iron Man that I could in his stead because he's not going to be able to and that was the birth and the genesis of this psychotic obsession. Kyle's illness and subsequent passing sparked something in Ryan that he carries with him to this day. His drive to honor his friend pushed him that extra step to take on cycling. It's something he'd never tried before, and honestly, it scared him a little. It's a testament to Ryan's devotion to his friend. Who else would take on this sort of challenge while also trying to make it in the country music world? But it wouldn't be the last time Ryan would compete in a sport he'd never attempted before. So then you do this bike ride from no bike riding and then you jump right into Ironman or do you do a couple of like Olympic or sprint distance triathlons or just regular distance triathlons before you go into Ironman? I think it was maybe a year, give or take. I did my first half Ironman with Kyle's wife Stormy in Florida. It was the Haines City 70.3 and I was, I was unprepared. (laughs) My my best half Ironman time was half the time that it took me to finish my first half Ironman. Oh, wow. Which it, it was that bad. Like I didn't study nutrition. I didn't study technique, all the disciplines. There's so much specificity in each discipline. And I mean, it, it takes a lot to understand. It takes intense dedication and study to figure out how to do that and do it well without hating doing it every step and every every pedal every swim stroke and I I had no knowledge tell me about like this first time like what what happened to you what was the story so it was pretty much relearning well not relearning actually learning how to properly swim I would watch videos on YouTube of Michael Phelps his technique his arm placement how he kicks. And then I realized Phelps was racing certain distances and you use different types of strokes. And if it's a short distance, obviously you're kicking unbelievably hard and that's going to crank your heart rate. So I started watching videos of Jan Ferdino, who is the king of triathlon. And I mean, he's, he's barely kicking. They're saving their legs for the next two disciplines. And I didn't realize that. So I was kicking so hard in Haines City and just killing myself. And I had an okay swim time. Got on the bike. I had a, a regular drop handlebar bike. I didn't have any TT bars. So that that hurt me just because I was losing a lot of speed. I wasn't as arrow as you're supposed to be. And on the ride, I didn't have any of the correct nutrition. I was drinking BCAA. What's that? As my nutrition with water. So just amino acids. So something you would take in the middle of a workout just to replenish some of your muscle fatigue. But you need some sort of super starch or a fast-burning sugar like Gatorade Endurance or like a goo. So it's a couple hundred calories, a lot of sugar, some caffeine, a little bit of amino acids, just something that your body can take in. It's just sugar. So your body can burn something and give it some fuel instead of just water and amino acids. So I got off the bike and felt awful. 
started the run, it was so hot and I hadn't taken in enough calories to get me through the run without hating every step of the run. So I walked a lot on that half marathon. And by the end of it, I mean, I was so excited to finish it, but I felt like death. And I mean, that was the best learning experience anybody can have is just absolute and complete failure. So after that, I started studying everything I could about it so I could actually enjoy the sport because I wasn't going to stop. How many Ironmans have you done since? I think I've done six or seven. What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Well, it's honestly, it is, it's changed my entire life just from a time management standpoint. Before I could wake up, start my day as a musician, I would, if I had a, a co-write that day, I would wake up and come up with some ideas or work on songs that I needed to finish a demo for or wake up at seven and go to the gym I used to lift. But now with the amount of training it takes to complete an Ironman, I mean, last week I think I logged 17 hours of training. So it made me realize I have to manage my time so much better. So I'm waking up at 4, 4.30 so I can get that training in before my day really starts. I absolutely hate waking up in the morning, but that's what it took to do something you really love. There's got to be a why. And once you have that why, you'll find the how. And the how for that portion of it was getting up at 4, 4.30. Do you have a story about Iron Man and just a fun moment that you'll never forget? Fun moment. If you asked Heather, it would be when I actually finished because she is a basket case the entire race, especially during the swim. She gets so worried. Uh, so finishing that, I guess the first full, because I'd finally figured out exactly how to do it and do it well. And I've been going through a couple, some things in my life that were detrimental and, and caused me to have some mental lags. I, I wasn't an extremely happy person and I needed something to fight for. And crossing the finish line in Florida was incredible. My mom and dad were there. It was, it was more than just finishing the race. It was completing something that nobody really thought I could do. Nobody understood why. And it was a bigger why than I understood until I finished that first full. Completing that first Ironman fueled a flame inside Ryan that he didn't know was there. For Ryan, Ironman began as a way to honor his friend, and his greater purpose gave him the motivation to learn the sport. Once he realized that Ironman was going to be an ongoing part of his life, he decided to build on this purpose and do good for his community, just like Kyle did. So what's Kinder's Kids that you and your wife started? Kinder's Kids is a foundation that benefits areas and families that were affected by natural disasters. So there was a devastating tornado in Tuscaloosa in 2011, April 27th. Me and Heather were at the University of Alabama and the tornado ripped through and almost killed me and my friends. It went right behind my house. And I remember once the tornado passed, I went outside and me and my friend Ben Austin just started running to try and start helping people. And I got to an area that was just 
And I remember seeing a family standing on a slab, what used to be their house. It was just a foundation. And a child was like just clutching to this teddy bear. And it took a few years to figure out why I wanted to do what we're doing now. But that image stays with me. You do events like Iron Man and others to raise awareness and money for causes. How does having a why help you stay in the game and keep going? If there's no reason, then there's no drive. There's no discipline. There's no heart in it. Like there, there's got to be a purpose for everything you do. I mean, you do what you do because you love doing it. For the why of Iron Man, the beginning of it was Kyle. And then it morphed into without leaving the memory of Kyle and, and honoring him with everything. It, it, it bettered my life in time management and being able to understand that I'm getting so much more out of this than I thought I would. There's a sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of giving back, especially with the charity that I've teamed up with Iron Man Foundation. It's a bigger purpose that helped me get to the finish line in more ways than one. Having a why has helped Ryan cross the finish line at every Ironman he's done. While we may start new projects for one reason, we often find other reasons to keep going. I think this is true with so many things that we grow to love. Ironman has opened up a lot of opportunities for Ryan personally. It's changed his lifestyle, but it's also created an avenue for him to give back. When we return, Ryan talks about how conquering triathlon has helped him take his musical dreams in his own hands. In the same pioneering spirit of our podcast, Teva is all about bringing wild ideas to life. An innovator in the sport sandal category, Teva has launched a brand new slip-on that delivers the same foot-hugging comfort as the original icon. Enter the Re-Ember, a next-generation camp shoe. This quilted slip-on offers all-terrain versatility with a durable rubber sole and water-resistant finish. But the best part? The Re-Ember is reimagined with recycled materials, including a 100% recycled adventure-ready ripstop upper inspired by classic outdoor gear. So whether you're running around town, kicking back at the campground, or curled up on the couch, this cozy companion ensures toasty heat for tired feet. Go ahead, slip on and bliss out. Discover Teva's Re-Ember collection this fall with select colors available at your local REI and at REI.com. Even though Ryan is relatively new to endurance sports, he's no stranger to hard work and dedication. Even when things get tough, he puts his head down and he grinds it out. This is true in his triathlon races and in his career. When Ryan was young, he was surrounded by music. His grandmother played the piano and his parents always had records on. Then on a road trip, his mom put on John Mayer's album, Room for Squares, and Ryan became obsessed. He decided to teach himself to play that album in its entirety, which is no small feat for a high schooler. John Mayer is a fantastic guitar player. 
Soon after, Ryan started writing his own songs and even playing shows. He moved to Nashville in 2011 to pursue his dreams of a professional music career. But the music industry can be unforgiving. Despite a ton of hard work, Ryan kept getting battered by record deals gone awry. Earlier you mentioned going through some personal stuff that was really hard on you and that Iron Man helped you have something to fight for. I'm curious if you can share a little bit about those dark times. I can share all of it if you want me to. So when I moved to Nashville, I'd signed to a record label and it folded on my ad day. And ad day is when your single gets shipped to be played on whatever radio station you listen to. That was what most musicians live for is the day that they get to release music in the world and it gets played on your hometown radio station. They ran out of money, it closed, and I moved on. I had the opportunity to meet the head of a label when I was playing at CMA Fest in Nashville. Yeah, I finished my set at CMA Fest and came down. And he said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign you in two weeks. And I laughed at him because I thought he was crazy. And my previous manager came up and said, hey, you didn't know who that was, did you? I was like, no, I have absolutely no idea. He goes, he was the head of X label. And it, it was a major label, and he had he signed me two weeks later. And through that whole process, from this to that, there was some creative differences and staff differences to where it didn't work out. And I left the label knowing that this was not the correct home for me. And I, I needed to get out. And growing up, my mom would always say, you have this, this fire. Like you're, you're so hot and cold. Sometimes you get into something and you're so excited about it, but you don't finish it. And my wife found that out too. My back porch is, is half painted and that's just part of who I am. Sometimes I can't complete the task because I get excited about the next one, but that is how I was growing up. And that label deal stuck in my head as the half-painted porch. Like, I got there. I knew what I wanted to do, and I couldn't finish it. Obviously, there were outside forces that didn't really allow me to finish it the way I wanted to, but I saw it as a slight to my character and a slight to what I knew I was intrinsically for most of my life, that half-painted porch. And... Once that happened, it was around the same time that uh, Kyle had passed away and I did that 444 and started doing Iron Man. And right then and there, it, it kind of clicked. It changed my mindset. I was like, I'm, I'm going to finish painting that porch. And my wife is probably going to listen to this and she's going to say, are you really going to finish the porch? Because you need to. But in a metaphysical sense, this was something I knew I could I could finish because with two hands and one hand, the music business, you can do a hundred percent, right? You can write the best song you can. You can be the greatest artist you can on stage. You can play that perfect show. You can make the contacts that you need to make, but there's still so much that you have zero control of. And when I found Iron Man, if you put in a hundred percent of the effort, if you get your nutrition, perfect, you find the right race. Perfect. You get the right equipment around you. Perfect. You get the right people around you to tell you what you're doing right and what's wrong. Perfect. 
you will get to the finish line. I can only imagine that being in the music industry is tough. There's a lot that's out of your control. But there's a reason you stick with it, right? I've heard a lot of musicians talk about the magic of singing for an audience. What is that like? Right before going on stage, I actually had the opportunity to play the Opry again this weekend, the Grand Ole Opry. And I had a friend that's featured on Room to Dream. Her name's Brittany Kennel. So I called her. I said, hey, uh, they called me. They want me to play on Saturday. Is there any way you can come down? So she figured out how to get down here, and it was incredible. But I played one of my songs first and then invited her out to sing Nothing But Time second. And she came to me afterwards and said, you looked so calm on stage. And before you went out, like, you seemed like this was so easy for you. I was like, well, if you only knew what was going on inside my head. Before I go on stage, it's chaos. But once I get out there and start playing, that's where I'm comfortable. I can ease back and sit into it, and it feels right. But leading up to it, I'm going crazy. It's like I mean, it's just like a race or any sport that anybody's playing or the pre-game jitters. It happens to everybody. But once you start doing what you know you're good at, that's when I feel like you, you get that sense of calm and surety. I imagine it must feel so cool to be on stage and have thousands of fans like enjoying something you created. The best thing about it is after the show when you get to talk to somebody. I didn't realize it was going to be this when I first started doing it. But once I started playing and getting the opportunity to talk to people after a show and them coming up and telling me stories, how this song got them through something and how much this song means. And I got married to this song. This was my first dance. This is a song that I listen to every day after somebody passed away that got me back to normal. Like that's what it's really about because music is just about connection. I'd like to think I'm making the soundtrack to somebody's lives. Like I'm a stenographer for somebody's day to day. That's what it's really about. All Ryan ever wanted to do was get his music into people's ears. But when it came to his music career, he felt like success was out of his hands. Luckily, Ryan has never let these false starts stop him from trying to get his music out into the world. And thank goodness, because earlier this year, Ryan independently released his first professional full-length album. So let's flash forward. You put out a new album... You do it without a record label behind you. Congrats. How does that work? Tell me about this album you put out, how you did it on your own. And I guess, did you do it like you do a triathlon? Yeah, I guess I did do it like a triathlon. I I put more focus on the preparation rather than just looking at the finish line. It was a lot more delving into the why of the choice of songs with my producer, Luke Sheets. It was very purposeful why we picked these songs, why we recorded them the way they do, and why the album is called Room to Dream. It was a chance for me to just do what I love musically, which isn't in a specific genre. Like I I was raised on so many different types of music, and I didn't want to 
pigeonhole this one album into whatever genre it needed to be. I just wanted to make a great album with one of my best friends. So what's the album called? Room to Dream. Tell me what that means to you. It was it was after the label deal. And so in a label, sometimes you have an A&R who is pitching you songs, outside songs, songs that you didn't write. And some of the songs I was getting pitched were not me at all. They They didn't speak to who I was. If I sang them, nobody's going to believe it. But Room to Dream was a Springsteen documentary. I was writing with a guy named Jonathan Singleton the day after that documentary came out. And he was talking about why he went out to the country. He said, I just need some space. I just need some some air to breathe. I need some room to just be me. And Jonathan and I were like, oh, that sounds great. And Jonathan said, what about Room to Dream? The album isn't purely country, right? Like it's sort of country, but there's a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some rock and roll, there's some country, there's some pop country, there's some folk. Uh, my mom would always play like James Taylor, Linda Ronstadt, the Eagles, like the Troubadour era of California. My dad would play some Marshall Tucker and then some Sam Cooke and some Freddie and BB and Albert King. So all the stuff that I grew up on, in my failure to sound like all my heroes, I feel like I found something that was truly me and it, it kind of spread into a different breadth of separate genres. And I wanted to put those together in an album that explained what I love through my voice. This song that you're going to share with us, what's it about? Tell us about it. Uh, it, It's it's kind of a in-your-face rock and roll song. So I started during the pandemic. uh, I thought I had the bright idea of doing a collaborations album. Because there was nothing else to do. We were all sitting at home and I realized everybody else was doing it. So I had to make a left turn. So a normal collaboration album is everybody coming to sing on your songs and and singing like you would, playing songs that fit you. And I said, oh, that's, that's boring. So I'm going to find people that I love and I want to write a song that is their style. So me and my friend Sycamore, we went out and wrote a pop country song. It's called Doing Fine, straight up pop country. Second one was with uh, Brandy Clark and Jerry Douglas. Jerry Douglas was in Union Station with Allison Krauss. So it's a folk Americana song. And this last one, Keep Up, which is the song we're talking about, it's rock and roll. So Robert Randolph, who is one of the best slide guitar players in the world. And I wanted to do a song that just oozed that blues, cool, in-your-face swagger that he embodies. So I came up with the song Keep Up. Everybody's gonna know my story A reputation that'll get there before me found his crown when the red light turns green and i'm cut loose walking free when they open the door and i'm released we keep up the king one of the things i most admire about ryan is that when things get difficult 
he brainstorms a creative way to keep going or to keep up, if you know what I mean. For Ryan, it's not about being the fastest athlete or conquering artistic obstacles in the conventional way. It's about finding his own path and embracing it. There are not a lot of country singer, Ironman athletes, but Ryan has figured out a way to make it work for himself. Any advice to people wanting to become a musician or the best advice you've received as a musician? The best advice I've received was from the first person to believe in me in this town. He was the one that brought me to Nashville. His name's Keith Stegall. He's produced some incredible artists and I brought in a song one time that I was excited about and I played it for him and he just stopped it and said, you know what, man, be you. There's already a bunch of them. And it took a little bit for me to realize he was saying, that's not an original idea and you sound like whatever's popular on the radio. But he said it so simply and and, and like a father would that it sticks with me today. But for a budding musician, I would say, Find your own voice. Once you find that voice, figure out how to perfect it and then find people around you that believe in what you found to believe in yourself because nothing great is ever done alone. How about advice to people wanting to do a triathlon? You're never going to find the time. You have to make it. When Ryan decided to pursue Ironman in honor of Kyle... He had no idea that it would become such an important part of his life. In showing up for his friend, he learned that he loved doing things for others, whether it be giving back to the community or collaborating with other musicians. You can listen to Ryan's album on Apple Music, on Spotify, or anywhere you listen to music. Even though Room to Dream just came out this past summer, Ryan is already writing songs for his next album. Between that and training for Ironman in Kona, Hawaii in February, he's a pretty busy guy. You can follow along on both his music and his triathlon adventures on his Instagram at Ryan Kinder. That's R-Y-A-N-K-I-N-D-E-R. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, written and edited by Annie Fassler and Sylvia Thomas, and produced by Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Paolo Motola and Joe Crosby. As always, we appreciate when you follow this show, when you rate it, and when you review it wherever you listen. Remember, some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas. <laughs>